Hey everyone and welcome back to the Live with Rachel podcast. I'm Rachel and today we're going to be continuing studying through the book of Romans and in particular today we'll be reading through Romans chapter 10 verses 14 to 17. So to recap, we just started reading Romans chapter 10, as you can tell from the title, and the theme of this chapter is Israel's current rejection of Jesus. So Paul went from talking about God's sovereignty to then human responsibility, but in this chapter, he continues that theme and he explains three different aspects of their rejection of the good news of being saved through Jesus. And in the last episode, we read about Israel's refusal to submit to God's righteousness and also the contrast between his righteousness and our attempts of righteousness and ultimately how God's righteousness is only gained by faith. So like I said in the last episode, what I mean by righteousness or God's righteousness specifically is that righteousness is an attribute of God's and it's another word for just, like God is just. And this basically means that he exists in a state of moral perfection. He is ultimately and perfectly upright and fair in how he treats his creation, even though some people may disagree with that. But there are so many more attributes of God that we can look at today. But what we're going to look at specifically is that he is just and righteous. But other than that, he is also loving, compassionate, gracious, kind, and merciful as well. And he never fails in any of his attributes, even though sometimes his attributes might seem like they are at odds sometimes. Like, how can he exercise justice while also being loving at the same time? Because I feel like we don't really see that example in humans. So I think it's hard to comprehend sometimes. Like, how can someone be righteous, but also compassionate and gracious? So it, you can look into it at another time. It's, it's a really fascinating subject when you actually study God's attributes. But for now, let's just get right into it and read Romans chapter 10, verses 14 to 17. I'll be reading it in the New Living Translation, but you can read it however you want in whatever translation you feel uh, makes sense to you. So let's get right into it. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? How can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? And this is why the scriptures say, How beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. But not everyone welcomes the good news. For Isaiah the prophet said, Lord, who has believed our message? So faith comes from hearing, that is, hearing the good news about Christ. But I ask, have the people of Israel actually heard the message? Yes, they have. The message has gone throughout the earth and all the words to all the world. So the way that the unbelieving Jew can be saved is by calling out to God. But obviously, before you can call out to God, you need to first believe in him. So for the Jewish person, this meant that believing in Jesus Christ truly as the son of God and the savior of Israel. But it also meant that believing in his death and his resurrection. And if you ever wanted to read about that from a more scientific point of view, how is that even possible? I know that some people, they prefer to look at like the logical and scientific side when it comes to miraculous things in the Bible. So if that's you, I would highly recommend reading Lee Strobel's short book, A Case for Easter. It's really fascinating. I did a Bible study with my small group um, several years ago when I had one, and it was a really big like eye opener. So I highly recommend that book. So anyway, in order for them to believe, they first need to hear the word of God because it's hearing the word of God that creates faith in the heart of the hearer. And in verse 15, Paul is quoting Isaiah chapter 52 verse 7 and also Nahum chapter 1 verses 15. And the Nahum reference had to do with the destruction of the Assyrian Empire, who were the Jews' enemies at the time. And also Nineveh was their key city. And they were very evil. And God actually had to send Jonah to deal with them about 150 years before Nahum wrote this. But God patiently dealt with them. But now his judgment was finally going to happen. And this good news that the messenger brought to the Jews that their savior was coming 
This is what made his feet, quote, beautiful. Israel, however, thought that this statement was in reference to a future time, but Paul was actually using it in the present time, and the messengers of the good news were bringing it to Israel today. So the cure for Israel's rejection is in hearing the word of the good news and believing in Jesus. So sometimes when we ask people, like, do you believe in Jesus? Sometimes, depending on the person and the context, it often feels like a question, like, in the same realm of, like, do you believe in Santa Claus or, like, do you believe in aliens and whatnot? But believing in Jesus also means trusting in him and trusting in him means obeying him. There needs to kind of be, it's not passive. Like, if you if you ask someone, do you believe in Santa Claus or aliens like people just say like yes or no and it's kind of just like a surface question there's not much more to it but what I mean to say is believing in Jesus is active it's logical so an extended form of the question of do you believe in Jesus it might look something like do you believe that Jesus is God in human form do you believe that Jesus died on the cross to pay for the penalty of your sins for which you deserve eternal separation from God do you believe that the sacrifice of Jesus is the only adequate payment for your sins? Do you believe any of these things? Because biblically saving faith is also trusting and relying and obeying on those facts, just like I said. So if you're still kind of confused, a really good example of what I mean might be like a chair, for example. You can see the chair and you can believe the chair is made of good material and it was made properly and it, therefore it's, it's good enough to support your weight. That's faith. But real faith is believing that the chair will actually hold your weight. When you actually go to sit in it, you believe that it was assembled properly. So if that's true, that's biblical faith is what I mean to say. So actually relying on the chair to hold your weight, that's a good example of biblical faith, faith in action, so to speak. So to put it simply, true faith must touch the will and result in a changed life. So as an encouragement for Christians today, the reality is, is that the people who don't know Jesus, they can't be saved unless they acknowledge God and they actually call out to him themselves. But they can't do that unless they believe and faith comes by hearing. So they need to hear the good news. And how will they hear? Well, a messenger, you, you listening, if you're a Christian, a messenger needs to go to them with the message. So Christians who lead people to Jesus have beautiful feet, as is said in this verse. And any Christian can do it. Any any Christian can tell their friends or family about Jesus and lead them to believe. But I think there's also definitely more skilled Christians out there, better skilled than some. Like I know, for, for example, myself, I feel like when I'm talking about Jesus to people who don't really know Jesus, I find myself talking for ages and ages and I'm doing it so passionately because I love Jesus with my whole heart and I'm already going into deep things of God and faith. And sometimes it can go over people's heads completely because they don't know what I know. They don't, they haven't experienced what I know. So how can they understand? Or sometimes I feel impatient at some people's responses and I I get really frustrated when people respond to me with arrogance and uh, cockiness and so to speak. And I end up bluntly correcting them, which obviously is very standoffish, but I acknowledge that you shouldn't do that. And sometimes sharing the good news uh, requires patience and gentleness. And that's something that I definitely need to be working on. But as an example, my husband is really good at talking to people who aren't Christians about Jesus. He's very gentle. He's very simple in his explanations. And he's always ready with a good answer to those who actually ask him about Jesus. And that's what we're meant to be as well. So I guess you could say my husband has very beautiful feet. (laughs) But anyway, enough talking about my husband's feet. I'm going to leave it there for today's episode. But I want to encourage you 
that Christians are supposed to share the good news and they're supposed to tell everyone. Telling people about the good news is an act of love and love must be the defining characteristic of every person who calls themselves a follower of Jesus Christ. I know some of us need to work on it more than others, like me for example. I need to focus on being more gentle and loving like I was saying, but love is a fruit of the Holy Spirit and We have the Holy Spirit inside us. We carry the best news in the world and love should get us to share it with those who haven't heard it yet. And so you should never be afraid to tell your friends or family about Jesus. You should never be afraid to post about it. Sometimes people avoid posting about it because they don't want to seem controversial or anything like that. But love wants every person to have the chance to respond to God's offer of salvation and withholding that kind of news that, you know, withholding the kind of news that could save someone's life is unbelievably cruel. So if you love them, you will tell them about Jesus. So I really hope that you had a great day today and I really hope that this episode built your faith and encouraged you to share your faith in Jesus with someone today. So I'll see you in the next episode. Bye everyone.